Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. I'm your host, Laura Reeves. Here at the Good Dog Pod, we are all about supporting dog breeders and responsible dog ownership. Join our mission and help change the conversation because we are all stronger together. Good Dog is on a mission to build a better world for our dogs and the people who love them through education and advocacy. The Good Dog Pod provides dog lovers with the latest updates in canine health and veterinary care, animal legislation and legal advocacy, canine training and behavior science, and dog breeding practices. Subscribe and join our mission to help give our dogs the world they deserve. Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and I'm super excited. We have some really great people today to join our conversation. We are going to talk about Good Dog's Club Partnership Program. This is something that Good Dog has just sort of implemented and sort of slow rolled, and I think a lot of people have barely heard about it. And two of the people we have joining us, Wendy Ball and Darcy Downs-Balbrecht, were very early involved with talking to Good Dog and helping them sort of gain traction going forward and have the Bijan Club of America and the Dandy Denmont Club of America have both joined as partners with Good Dog. Is that correct, Wendy? Yes. Excellent. We also have Sandra Hickson joining us from the board of the Dandy Denmont Club of America. And Sandra and Darcy your club just is in discussion or just actually took on the club partnership for Good Dog? We just took on the Good Dog partnership. The board approved it last night. Okay. That's what I thought I had understood. So we're going to start with Wendy. Talk to us, Wendy, about the Bijan Club and what drew the club to the partnership program. What was it that you saw as a value to your club and to your club members? Well, actually, our board has not voted on it yet. Okay. We had a meeting one day with Kat, with our president and our vice president. And Kat gave us the pros and cons of the partnership. And we were getting ready to have our annual meeting by Zoom, which, of course, is Greek to everyone and totally (laughs) uncharted waters. So we made it through that. So we haven't scheduled a full meeting with the board. However, the president and the vice president thought it was a good idea. I've been with Good Dog, like Darcy, since probably the early conception and know the wonderful things that they can do and all. And like a lot of parent clubs, everybody's missing money because they had to cancel their specialty this year. Right. And it was a great fit. And our club We just lost our webmaster and had to hire a new one. And in the process, we found out that there was some things that needed to be done to the website. So our money is going to go toward that at first. Well, and I think that that's a really, really fabulous use of the partnership opportunity. And it's something that, I mean, from the very first day I met Josh, the founder of Good Dog, I said, you know where you can help. (laughs) These Mm -hmm. clubs need help. I mean, how many national clubs have a website and when you Google Golden Retriever, you wind up somewhere other than the Golden Retriever Club of America, for example. So I think that that kind of SEO and that kind of search engine optimization, all that kind of stuff is really, really helpful. And tech startup 
genius, good dog, that's something that they can do. And I think that's a great help. Darcy, you guys at the Dandy Denmont Club, you've got a different plan, as I understand it, for the good dog partnership influx of money, the grant that they're offering. Correct. We are implementing for the first time our OFA Chick program for Dandy Denmont Terriers. And the club has been extremely excited about this. And one of the required tests that we have, we only have two at this point, is an annual OFA ACBO ophthalmology exam, the eye exam, annually done in the dogs and then reported, obviously, and recorded back to OFA. And then the DNA repository of blood, which is a one-time donation that goes into the research area. Right. And Good Dogs Grant will actually help us encourage more pet dandy owners, breeders, new people to the breed, anyone who owns a dandy, because we're going to be doing vouchers for people who actually go and get the eye exams done. We have yet to determine the amount, but in some cases, like at national specialties, it can fund the entire number of dogs. Right. So this is going to really be a huge boost to the chick program for the Dandy Club, which will provide a ton of benefits both on the data collection side, but in terms of leaving a legacy of health for the breed, this is a perfect partnership. Right. And Darcy, you're the genetics chair for the Dandy Denmark Club of America. So this is like a big thing for you. And I think yes. it's amazing because you are a small breed. Correct. Correct. How many dogs registered each year? Five? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, a little bit more than that, but yes. I mean, you know, we've been termed vulnerable, rare. Right. There are more giant pandas. Right. So the opportunity, I think the biggest thing to me, what I'm hearing you, is the opportunity to reach out to the average pet owner. Because so often, we as breeders, we test our breeding stock, and then none of the dogs ever get tested again. Right. I mean, anything outside our breeding program, we don't know anything about it. And so to me, that seems like a hugely important piece of it. Darcy, can you speak a little bit more on that in terms of just whatever numbers you can provide in terms of how many people you can actually reach with this, which I just think is amazing. So in looking at the OFA database, because again, this is the first year dandies have even been able to get a chick number, we're looking at, I'm looking at potentially getting anywhere from early on 10 to 110 dogs, which would be great that are living, which is huge. That's a huge number in dandies. Right. I think that if we could get, for example, these young dogs, puppies, because not everybody goes to a show home, the majority don't, they go to pet homes. Mm -hmm. If we could get those people and the breeders to implement in their contracts, these essentially free health tests that help the breed with their dogs, I think we could reach so many more people, homes and dogs, and educate everyone about the importance of eye health. It would not only help those individual dogs and their vets, but it would help us long-term with that data and information for potentially identifying what studies would be relevant to the breed. For example, glaucoma. Right. There are a lot of exciting ways that this helps, but the fact that we're going to probably exponentially reach 80% more people than we would have been able to if the club and I were doing it on our own, trying to do little 
raffle fundraisers or right. I it's mean, a bake you know sale. Like. Yeah, a bake I sale. totally know what that's like. Right, right. Here's my scented candle. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Seriously. Exactly. How many of us have lived that? And I remember interviewing Betty Ann Stenmark on my Pure Dog Talk podcast, who is a breeder judge and the mentor behind Sandra. I know her breeding program. And she referred to Dandy Denmonts as not a gene pool, but a gene puddle. And, you know, it was such a like stark observation. And to me, the ability to access genetic information or at least phenotypical information about dogs that, you know, maybe it's living in a pet home, but you can still incorporate it into a breeding program if it's healthy. Sandra, wouldn't you think that that's a viable option? Absolutely. You know, we have our strategic advisory committee and you interviewed Jody. Yes. The advisory committee is trying not only to increase dandy numbers, but increase dandy breeders. And part of that is dandy health right? because they have to be healthy in order to participate in a breeding program. And any breeding mist, any non-viable puppy, any dog that could be used in a program that isn't is, as Jody put it, another proverbial in the coffin. But these dogs have to be healthy. And right. so genetic health is part of increasing our numbers. Excellent. Absolutely fabulous. Okay, so Wendy, the Bijans, Bijan Club of America, you guys are at the other end of the spectrum, right? right? From, <laughs> from Danny Denmonts that have five or, you know, more than five. Right. But Bijans are a very popular breed in the companion world, in the show world. I mean, you just had a best in show winner at the garden. You've had multiple in the last 15 years. So I see this as a very popular breed, and I would assume that as people are looking to acquire a Bichon, a healthy, well-bred, responsibly bred Bichon, that being able to have a good parent club website that people can access is going to be critical to getting good dogs in good homes. And one that's easy to navigate. Right. As we all know, you can have a pretty website, but if you can't get from point A to point B, then it's just pretty pointless. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's our main goal because even our members, they're always calling somebody, how do I get to the member section and this type thing? Mm-hmm. And it's just been in need of repair for quite some time. And now we have a guy that's independent, but he's really good. So he's excited. We're excited. And it's various stages. So like if stage number one doesn't get done correctly, then you know, we'll just have to look for somebody else. But like I say, the money's going to help quite a bit with doing that. Exactly. And I think each club is going to have its own needs. Mm-hmm. You have a technology need. Dandies have a health need. I think about my own club, the German Wire Hair Pointer Club of America. I've actually submitted the club partnership information to them because I look at our national events. And our national events scrape by every single year. Do you have enough money for trophies? Do you have enough money for that giant tent that you have to put up or whatever it is? Every year there's something. I was the national events coordinator for my club, right? So I look at that and I think, oh my God, what can we do with that? And it doesn't seem like much money, but I think it's imperative that each club has something that they need a little extra help with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we were fortunate. We have a lady that works with our vice president that they're friends. And that's what she does as a profession is does conventions. Oh, yeah. And books hotels and this type of thing. 
So we were very fortunate that we canceled the 2020 specialty. It didn't cost us anything. You know, it took a little negotiation. Yes, very fortunate. <laughs> and some clubs that I know have wound up being threatened with paying $10,000 mm-hmm. and not even, you know, you can come back next year. So yeah. that's a big plus. But like I say, this time, the main thing is to help out with upgrading and redoing and revamping our website. And anything helps, as any parent club will tell you, there's always something. There's always a bottom line. Yeah. And to me, that's a big chunk of it. And Wendy, you mentioned earlier, and I thought we could kind of pull this forward just a little bit, that you have been a good breeder, a good dog breeder, sort of since the early days of the organization. (laughs) Talk to us a little bit, talk us through sort of what your initial impression to today and some of that transition, because I think it is, to me, a fascinating story of a startup and a learning curve that is truly, to me, impressive. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. I just got a call out of the blue from Kat and she started talking about it. And I was like, oh, and she goes, but you know, it doesn't cost you anything. Let me work with it. Let me show you some things before it went live and this type thing. And I've been very fortunate by having my mentor and being blessed by the dog's that I have had and have that, you know, I really didn't have to per se advertise, but it was something neat. And so I said, sure, go with it. And since then, I've seen so much progression and Kat's been so easy to talk to and have that in like, you know, hey, what's going on here? You know, (laughs) we don't want to be with puppy mills and things like that. And she's either explained it corrected it or whatever, and just been a real good liaison for the company to the breeders. And that's just me personally speaking. But I went to the reception at Westminster and got to meet a lot of the faces behind the voices and names and things like that. So yeah, I was very impressed with the company. Yeah. We're all used to a certain standard. And Darcy and I had a conversation about this the other day. And responsiveness is not always what we have encountered in other areas. And I think that, Darcy, maybe you can speak to that piece of it and how it intersects with the club partnership piece. Absolutely. As we talked about, and I'm really comfortable with this, I got involved with Good Dog somewhat early on because I was interested in how they were going to provide some of the services that they do provide to breeders and to clubs. And those are some like legal mediation or potential contracts that people could access to use, information in terms of coordinating potential new owners with breeders. And I actually saw an ad on Facebook for them. Right. And I read it and it sounded too good to be true, but I was so hoping it was true because we all do that, right? But then you think, oh, I wrote them a little letter and I asked them some questions. They literally got back to me the following Monday. And I had one of the best conversations with them about a number of topics from their legal to their health and genetics, how they're going to set their standards for different breeders. Right. And philosophically, one of the things I think I see is sometimes as purebred dog breeders, we 
maybe don't coordinate our efforts as well with shelter dogs or the people in the rescue end of it, or with people who maybe breed sport dogs or doodles, let's say. Mm -hmm. I had that conversation because I feel that's important. And Good Dog listened, which was unbelievable. They have a very strong philosophy of being pro-breeder and pro-dog. And all of us are in this for the dogs. So every single thing that they're talking about is to support dogs, to increase the health and genetic quality of dogs, the quality of life for dogs in terms of education. And they're trying to support breeders, not just the, I don't want to say the old people like us that have been breeding forever. We're all old, man. And would probably do it even if we were homeless. But they're helping the new people and they're helping the people who maybe breed breeds or crossbreds that maybe we don't necessarily like, but these are young breeders and they're breeding dogs. And if we can work with them and make this a better environment, we're protecting ourselves against strict legislation, ordinances, rules that ruin it for all of us. And I also think that they've been extremely responsive to certain parent clubs and breeds who were concerned about some of the, you know, disqualifying faults. Good Dog has worked to clarify what they'll accept. I mean, in terms of responsiveness, if a parent club has a concern, this is a group that will listen and they will work with you. Their goal is to make dogs' lives better, breeders' lives better, owners' lives better, which I can't say enough. My experience with them as a cynical attorney expecting the worst at all times has been over the top positive. Right. And that's the thing that is always been a conversation for me in Pure Dog Talk and some of the other work I've done is we need people to breed dogs. We need people to breed good dogs. And finding people to do that in today's society is a challenge. And so in this way, we start with people who want to breed dogs and are breeding dogs. And if we help everyone do it better, then everybody wins. Like you said, the breeders win, the dogs win, the owners win. How is this a problem? (laughs) Well, that's very much a problem in our breed. We can't fulfill the need, right? There are people that have dandies and we can't produce enough dandies because there aren't enough dandy breeders. I had a conversation with the Otterhound people. You know, and I'm like, okay, do you want more people looking for otter hounds? They're like, no, we can't make enough otter hounds. Well, right. It's that same. And the dandy is the same thing. It's that same balance. And I think that, Wendy, we can, when we talk about the Bichons, we talk about wanting to make sure that many of the breeds that are more popular, Mm -hmm. that are more across the board, well-known, that people are able to get their hands on well-bred, healthy pets. It doesn't have to be Flynn. It doesn't have to be JR. But they can be healthy and they can be sound. And making it an option for people to have the knowledge to do that, I mean, that's part of the object lesson here, yeah? Right. Since the pandemic, I'm sure other breeds, I mean, everybody's the same. I could have sold 100 puppies a week And they were all to good homes. I mean, these were people that had lost their 12, 15-year-old Bashan. And it's like you have to educate people that call you to the difference between 
health tested parents and health checked puppies. And these are the things you need to ask. And like right now, my waiting list is until sometime next year. And literally just picked up a girl that I did a frozen breeding on Sunday. And so I'm hoping that she's pregnant, but I mean, I've already got five people on the waiting list for that letter and I plan on keeping something out of it. So. Right. And Bijan's are not like my last litter of wire hair pointers. I had 13. Like- <laughs> well, I have been fortunate. I've had girls that, in fact, my foundation bitch, she had two litters of eight. Bijan? Wow. That is really good. Yeah. And her daughter out of her second litter Actually, her first litter was a litter of nine. So I've been. That's got to be like world record. (laughs) Well, what's so funny is it's hard for me to adjust to. I literally just had a singleton. Yeah. And it took me like a week to figure out how much gruel when I started weaning her (laughs) as to how much to fix. Because I was used to, I mean, average is six or seven for me. So nice. I have had my singleton and yes, it was by C-section. <laughs> yes. My spring a couple of years ago where I had two frozen semen, surgical implant, singleton, C-section litters back to back. Oh, that was just, uh, it was awesome. <laughs> so I think the important part here for the club partnership piece is that This is something that is available to all clubs, not just parent clubs, regional clubs, all breed clubs. Sandra, I think about DelVal and the Harvest Moon Classic and and having to cancel that this year. And I think about all of our clubs, all of our all breed clubs, not just our national clubs, our all breed clubs that lost their shows or lost their venues or had no way to make money. And many of them lost a lot of money when it was a last minute thing. So I just think that there is a lot of potential here to do a lot of good for a lot of people. Darcy, can you just wrap us up just real quick with your sense of good dogs ability to tailor the program to each individual club? Because I think that is something we've got two different ideas here, but I know you've had a lot of conversation with them. So if you can just share kind of your sense on that. I think because of their overreaching goal, which is to help dogs, I have seen them work to try to improve the quality of shelter medicine and shelter dogs. So those clubs and those 501c3s or c4s, they're not excluded. They can participate just like our club can. The all breed clubs the earth dog um, clubs, the, you know, field Mm -hmm. clubs, all of them could partner with good dog. And I believe that more importantly than the grant, which is amazing. It's a huge gift to those of us who do these small fundraisers all year long. Right. But more importantly than that, they have a platform that can reach a lot of people and they can educate not only about our breed, but about our sports about our performance events, about our companion events, about shows. They can talk about 4-H groups and kids who work with dogs. They can talk about shelter, medicine, and practices and help improve how that's done. They are willing to listen to anyone. And in so doing, when you are willing to listen, you're flexible and you're creative. And 
I don't know how far they'll go, but I know it's going to be far and it will improve all dogs, not just purebred show dogs. It's going to improve all dogs and people's relationship with their dogs, which is key. Right. And for me, I think the most important thing is the ability to talk to members of the public, people who desperately want that really adorable, fluffy little Bichon fluff nugget, right? <laughs> They're the cutest things in the world. Exactly. I mean, they are. Yes. I'm talking to people with two of the most adorable dogs, like on the planet, you know, <laughs> and people want to be able to have those dogs. And so to help them navigate that, I think is a gift. I really do. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. All right. I've done a wonderful right. job. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what all we can accomplish. So, all right, ladies, thank you so very much. I absolutely appreciate your time. I know our listeners do as well. Best of luck with your projects. I can't wait to see the new Bijan website. Yeah. Excellent, excellent time. Good to visit with all of you. Thank you, Laura, for having us. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Laura. Good Dog has been deeply inspired by dog clubs and the important work that they do in promoting breeds and educating the public. Good Dog is on a mission to use technology as a force for good to unite, support, and empower the good forces in the dog world. And there are no greater forces for good than dog clubs. Good Dog could not be more excited to announce their new club partnership program. This offers exclusive benefits to all clubs, including parent clubs, specialty, regional, local, all breed, performance, all the clubs. Club benefits include annual grants of up to $2,000, annual contributions to breed-specific research, free tech support for items like improving website SEO, and free legal support and mediation. Due to overwhelming interest in Good Dog's club partnership program, we've extended the deadline for priority application to receive a club partnership grant. The new deadline is November 30th. Apply as soon as possible if your club is interested in securing funding for this year, 2020. For more information, please email Kat Matlug, Good Dog's Head of Community, Partnerships, and Legal Affairs at cat, C-A-T, at gooddog.com. Please share information about the Club Partnerships Program so that we can provide as much support to the good forces in the dog world as possible. We hope you and your clubs will join us because we are so much stronger together. Together, we can change the dog world.